have a question. What is love? We had a holiday about this time last week. And as a culture, we just beat the fire out of that word on St. Valentine's Day. We just loved everything and everybody and chocolate and roses and everything in between. But what does it mean to love? I want you to take a look at love through the eyes of little children. There was a group of four to eight-year-olds who was asked, what does love mean? I'm just going to read a few of their answers. When my grandmother got arthritis, she couldn't bend over and paint her toenails anymore, so my grandfather does it for her all the time, even when his hands got arthritis too. That's love. That came from Rebecca. She was eight years old. Love is when a girl puts on perfume and a boy puts on shaving cologne and they go out and smell each other. That was Carl, age five, and that boy's got potential to be a ladies' man. Love is when you go out to eat and give somebody most of your French fries without making them give you any of theirs. That was Chrissy, and her age was six, and she's a woman after my own heart. Love is when my mommy makes coffee for my daddy, and she takes a sip before giving it to him to make sure that the taste is okay. That was from Danny, and his age was seven. This one will stop you in your tracks. Love is what's in the room with you at Christmas if you stop opening presents and listen. I'll keep you quiet for a minute, won't it? Love is when you tell a guy you like his shirt and then he turns around and wears it every day. That was from Noel. She's age seven. During my piano recital, I was on stage and I was scared. I looked at all the people watching me and saw my daddy waving and smiling. He was the only one doing that. I wasn't scared anymore. Love is when mommy sees daddy smelly and sweaty and still says that he is handsomer than Brad Pitt. I know my older sister loves me because she gives me all her old clothes and has to go out and buy new ones. <laughs> you really shouldn't say, I love you, unless you mean it. But if you mean it, you should say, say it a lot. People forget. People forget. These are all great definitions. And there's some real wisdom found here from the mouths of babes. Now the beloved St. John in his first letter has a definition as well. I want to share it with you. Love is 
doing what Jesus did. So St. John writes, if anyone obeys his word, Jesus' word, God's love is truly in him. This is how we know that we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Now, did you notice it doesn't say should? Or maybe during the season of Lent, if you get it right, you know, or on Sundays. Whoever claims to live in Jesus must walk as Jesus did. 24 7, 365. Seven days a week. Even in the parking lot after Mass, when you still have the, the, the blood of Christ on your lips, be nice to people out there as you're trying to get out. Yeah. St. Matthew writes in today's gospel reading, My command to you is, love your enemies and pray for your persecutors. I want to give you just a little background about that. The last two antitheses offered in the Sermon on the Mount deal with love of enemies. We should not look at eye for an eye as an inordinately strict punishment. When God gave it to Moses and Moses gave it to the children of Israel, he actually meant to limit acts of revenge by making sure the punishment is not excessive but fits the crime. Okay. So you're out on a Saturday night party and, and somebody hits somebody and knocks out a tooth. You go home, put some ice on your mouth, and your brother comes along and says, what happened? So-and-so knocked out my tooth. I'm going to go kill him. Sounds about the way our culture goes right now, but no. According to the Old Testament law, you get to knock out one tooth. An eye for an eye. A tooth for a tooth. You make the punishment fit the crime. Now that's Old Testament law. However, Jesus asks his followers, oh yeah, that's you all, me on a good day, but you all, all the time. It was funny. It wasn't that funny. <laughs> Jesus asks his followers to take a different approach by resisting retaliation altogether. Oh, boy. Now we're getting down to the hard stuff of this following Jesus. The response to a stronger person who slaps us on the cheek or wants to take us to court or demands a service of us is, according to Jesus, do not resist. 
Similarly, for a weak person, such as a beggar or a borrower, we are to give him or her what he or she asks for. There was another interesting law in the time of Jesus. I'm a rich man. I own a rake. You know, that thing in the garage or in the storage room that you get pull leaves out of the garden with? Yeah, I'm a rich man. I own a rake. A poor man comes to me and says, I want to borrow your rake for the day because a third man, who also has some money but doesn't have a rake, will hire me for the day, but I have to bring my own tools. Okay. I'll give you my rake for the day, but you need to leave me your cloak, your tunic, your overcoat. Now, for a poor man who lived on the streets, that was his shelter, that was his bed, that was his cover, that was his blanket. So, as a rich man, I had the obligation to to give him the rake for the day, but in pledge of him returning it, he gives me his cloak. But then it goes on to say, if he doesn't show up to bring it back, I need to go find him. Not to get my rake, but to give him back his overcoat. Those who are called to the kingdom of heaven, that's you all, and me on a good day, are to go beyond the way of the world as it usually works and serve God's kingdom here on earth. The other difficult demand of those who were called to the kingdom, again, you all, on a regular day, me on a good day, is to embrace our enemy. There is no command in the Old Testament to hate individuals in a personal or vindictive way. You can't even find that in the Old Testament. But there is a religious stance that calls one to hate evil and to separate oneself, to distance oneself from those who participate in evil. It's sort of the antithesis of our culture, especially among young people. You find out that somebody's going to go do the wrong thing. Hey, I'm in. Not if we're going to follow Jesus. We are called to hate not the people, but the evil, and to distance ourselves from those who participate in evil. It's real simple, especially for you young people. Very simple. You want to look good in the eyes of your homies, your friends, or you want to look good in the eyes of God, there's your choice. 
look good in the eyes of your friends, your so-called friends? Or do you want to look good in the eyes of God? In contrast, St. Matthew emphasizes that love of God and love of neighbor are the fundamental commands on which all else depends. It's not an option, folks. It's fundamental. It's rock solid. And because God's love is unconditional, we are to strive to love as God does. Though, of course, it is challenging question becomes, is it even possible? So I'm going to give you a hint. The key verse is the final verse. We are told to be perfect as our heavenly Father is perfect. For over 40 years I've been visiting with people, and that catches a lot of people when they hear that. They come in, oh, Father, (laughs) I thought it just had to be good during Lent. That's kind of what we boiled it down to now, 40 days. I just thought I had to be good, Father. I didn't know I had to be perfect. Well, St. Matthew uses the Greek word telos, which is probably better translated here as complete. And if you want to know more about the word telos, I recommend to you a marginal Catholic heretic. (laughs) They're always the creative writers. Father Tiliard de Chardon. It'll be tough reading, but it'll be worth it. Church always kind of felt he was a a little far out there in front of the rest of us and had to keep pulling him back. The telos. Complete. Not perfect, but complete. We are not to be perfect as in doing everything correctly. That is, as in being absolutely morally correct. Mm. We are to be perfect to be complete as in striving to reach the completeness we are called to in the kingdom of heaven. Attempting to love our enemies is part of striving for that completeness. It's not an easy journey, my friends, but God calls us. And he's even happy when we get it right 40 days during Lent. But what he'd like to see is the habits that we establish during the season of Lent stick with us for the rest of the year. Amen.